everybody, welcome back to Phone and a Friend. We have an amazing episode today on identity. We're going to get into validation and just confidence. All those, of course, from Christian Lens. All right, Diana, take a look at that quick cue. So today's quick cue is straight to the point. Our question is, where does your confidence lie? Okay, so you know the drill. Go ahead and answer that on the last post on our Instagram. How about you, Char? Oh, quick disclaimer, guys. You may hear the very, very cute, very adorable sounds of baby cooing in the background. I do have my son on this recording. Clark, check one, check one, two on the mic. Your peas are cute. Anyway. (laughs) So, realistically, my confidence should lie in Jesus Christ. um, And a little bit more specifically in who he tells us we are, right? What his word says about his character as well as our characters as believers. But... I'm sad to say, and I'm sure a lot of people go through this, I sometimes allow my confidence to lie in how successful I am Mm -hmm. as a person, professionally. Mm -hmm. I struggle with that. That's the reason why, too, especially on this journey of becoming a mom, or I'm already a mom, so being a mom has been rather hard for me because I'm not used to having my schedule so heavily altered mm-hmm. by a little person mm-hmm. who just encompasses the whole thing. Um, yeah, you hear him. He's encompassing this. Um, <laughs> just, just taking over the whole thing. And so from a professional aspect, I felt like a lot of things had changed and I was limited to a certain extent. And that kind of affected me. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, that's all I got. Y'all. I, I don't really have a solution. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, I get that. And I would agree. And I wouldn't even say realistically, because realistically, it's hard to just allow your confidence and your validation to come from God. I would say, ideally, that's where it should be. Um, Realistically, realistically, not so much. I'm not happy to say that, you know, I have placed my confidence in so many other things. I've placed my confidence in how well I perform at certain things. I've placed my confidence in my attire, which, and you know, there's nothing wrong with like wanting to look nice, but it would even be at the point where uh, I remember in like college feeling like I couldn't leave without doing my makeup it just like had to happen (laughs) it Mm. had to happen Mm. um or I didn't feel confident so like yeah it's okay wanting to look nice it it gets a little iffy when it's like you feel like you don't look nice without these things and that's that's how I was feeling so I've definitely placed confidence in in my appearance and I've placed confidence in other people's perceptions of me and it's a very difficult thing to overcome too it's hard to just stop caring and turn that switch off yeah i mean i can definitely agree with that there's nothing wrong with enjoying the things that the lord has given us or or the things that you know make us happy Mm -hmm. but when you begin to use it as a foundation Mm -hmm. to support you in your daily life. Now that's where, like Ayana said, the issue comes into play. I just wanted to pop that in there. Yeah, definitely. And that's where I was. That's where I was back then. It became something that I felt like I had to do or I didn't feel good, you know? More recently, I've been on that journey of 
of um, placing my confidence in him, finding out who he says I am. And I mean, this is just a quick cue, so we could get into that a little bit later. But yeah, that that's how I would answer it. That's where my confidence has been placed in the past. And that's what I'm overcoming now. I'm putting my confidence in who I'm learning myself to be, who God is showing me I am. Mm. And I think I wanted to add to one of the places in the past, and I still do from time to time struggle with my confidence or validation almost lies in the idea of how I look compared to others. Yes. So, and I know a lot of people struggle with this. I've talked to my friends about this. Comparing yourselves, whether it's your achievements, uh, your life, your job, your, I don't know, even your skin, your hair, whatever, mm-hmm. to how somebody else looks. And nowadays, social media makes that extremely easy to do. Right. I mean, you open up your phone and you're scrolling down Instagram and you're just seeing, you're seeing all these beautiful faces, all these beautiful people, you know, and you're wanting that for yourself, whether it be relationships. And unfortunately, sometimes that can kind of turn to envy. Yeah. But remember, guys, it's not how we look compared to others, but it's it really is how we look when we compare ourselves to Jesus Christ. Um, yes. But also, too, not that we can really truly compare ourselves to Jesus Christ. The comparison is not. How can I say this? I feel like to someone who may not understand it might be like, well, how can you compare yourself to God? That's not a realistic comparison either. One of the goals of this Christian faith is to be more like Jesus. So right. You guys were warned about the cooing. You were warned. <laughs> Go ahead, I am. No, yeah. Um, Just to help iron that point out a little bit, because I do understand what you mean. People who don't fully understand what we mean by that might question, how, how could you possibly compare yourself to to Jesus. And what it is, is rather than looking at how you look alongside someone else, we should be looking at how we look alongside Jesus, if that makes sense. Um, And I feel like there's a better way to articulate that. And I'm I'm not doing it in the way that I feel it. Like, I, (laughs) I know what it is I'm trying to say, but it's more so... Instead of looking at someone else and what someone else has and what someone else is doing and wanting that for ourselves, we should be looking at Jesus, his qualities, his attributes, and the essence of who he is, um, the fruit that comes from that, his, his compassion, his love for others and things like that. And wanting to take from who we know him to be rather than wanting to take from, you know, others in the way that we do because a lot of times when we look at others and we see what it is that they have and we begin to want those things for ourselves they're and this isn't always the case it's not always black and white but a lot of times it's either material it's surface level and it's not so much things of of substance unless you're looking at another person in admiration and you know oh you know I want to be as kind as this person or anything like that. But when it comes to something that turns into envy, it's typically something that a person has, whether it be a job, whether it be a relationship, whether it be their clothing Mm -hmm. or things like that. Material things. Yes. So Things that will pass away. Yeah. So when we look at what others have and we want that for ourselves, they tend to be the material things, except in the case of admiration of another, then it's deeper than just the material. You see a quality in them that you'd like to develop in yourself as well. 
when it's looking at Jesus, it's that same thing. It's that admiration for Jesus where we see the characteristics that Jesus possesses and we want to have those things developed in us as well. Very long explanation. Hopefully it made sense. Mm, It did. No, it did. Yeah, I definitely like that idea of taking those qualities of Jesus Christ and kind of just adding it to ourselves. That really was a great analogy. I mean, I think Paul says it best, you know, follow me as I follow the Lord. Right. Right. Yes. So, for instance, like you you were talking about admiration. Christians do it all the time. Like they see another Christian doing so well on their walk in their faith. Now, don't be confused. That also can turn to envy as well. It can. That's a lot point. of time. Yeah. Right. Because a lot of times, I'm not going to say a lot of times, sometimes what happens is you see the result of God's favor and the result of hard work. And, and somebody who's gone through storms, you just see like the tail end of it and you see the blessings and you see the fruit of that, mm-hmm. you know, and then people can become envious off of your blessings, but not knowing everything you've endured or everything you've gone through to get that. So they're wishing for the result, but not understanding, you know, the full bloom journey of what it means to be blessed by the Lord. Cause y'all it's, it's a journey. Yeah. And I would say that too goes back to the surface level versus the deeper, would you say? Because if you're just looking at the blessings that this person has and not who knows what they went through before getting to the blessings, you know, it's again, looking at those, those tangible things and wanting that, but not wanting, goodness, what must their relationship look like with God for them to be where they are now, you know? So I feel like, Again, it's looking at the the tangible things because you're not looking at them and going, goodness, their relationship with God must be great. I want a relationship like that. It's looking like, goodness, I want to be blessed like that, <laughs> you know? Now, vice versa, sometimes people look at others, who may not consider themselves believers, and they want what they have. Mm-hmm. Now, all this kind of just to pull back into identity and confidence, right? Yeah. Like a lot of people are as confident as the things that they, you know, they possess. Yeah. So if they don't have anything, well, there goes their confidence. It's out the window. Right. And not to say that that's not, like, that's something like, oh, I would never do that. You know, it's not to cast judgment or anything like that. But it is to say if all your confidence lies in things that you can hold or possess, then when those things pass away, you'll have no you know, foundation, real foundation to stand on. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think about how we even sometimes, and we, like we, this isn't us just saying what other people do. These are things that we ourselves do as well. I think about how we sometimes place our identity in either like our jobs or the things that we're able to do. And I thought about how we like, whatever it is that you do, we put that in our, in our Instagram caption, not captions, bios. There we go. It'll say artist or teacher or real estate agent. And like, these are our titles, but it's things that we use to identify ourselves as well. And I really just learned one time, and I'll I'll say it for me, it was really, it dawned on me myself. That's not who you are. You can do these things, but that that's not who you are. Yeah. And you are not your job. Yes. 
and you're you're not what you can do even like preachers and and pastors and things like that that's not who the person is so we uh we attribute our identity to to either our job titles or the things that we can do our abilities our talents a lot of these things we use to to build our identity so then the question is if those things are taken away who are you then you know which is a hard question to answer i mean i have what the answer should be ideally that being i i am a child of god before anything else that's that is who i am that's the basis of who i am and everything is built up from there but a year ago two years ago i wouldn't have been able to answer that question the things that i know i can do the job that I do, if those things were taken away and those are the things that I use to describe who I am, to, to, to say what my identity is, when those things are taken away, it's like, okay, well, who, who are you now? You know? So I guess I was saying all of that to say that, and I can't tell you where you should or should not place uh, your identity. I can tell you what I'm doing. And that is I'm learning who God says I am. And I've <laughs> the beautiful thing is the more I seek out who Jesus is and I, the more I try to learn more about him, the more he shows me who I am. It's a really beautiful thing. <laughs> it's a really beautiful thing. Oh, man, I had so much. And I so love your the idea about, you know, you are not your job, right? Mm -hmm. That's why, and when I think of that, I think of the question that they ask you in a lot of interviews. Who are you? Mm -hmm. In essence, it's a very simple question. But is it though, right? It's like, who are you? And then that's usually when we get to going, oh, well, I'm Charlize and I've graduated at the top of my class and I did this, this, this. I worked Mm. here for five years. And we just go off literally just regurgitating our resume right but in a christian mindset it's like okay i god's like i already know all the things i've blessed you with so i don't need you to tell me that thank you very much um like who are you mm-hmm. he looks into your soul when he asks you <laughs> <laughs> right like who are you beyond this And this came at a really good time to this episode because I think uh, in a previous episode, I was telling you guys, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do journalism anymore. And, you know, I was feeling some some kind of way about it because that's honestly how I, you know, identify as a journalist. Mm -hmm. And I would, you know, consider that, yeah, that's a part of me, but I can still have all the qualities of a journalist. I can still be um, persistent and dedicated. I can still be, you know, determined and I can still be vigilant and go do something else. So I think just bringing everything back to one main focus, just having God as that solid piece of confidence, just grasping God, just holding onto his garment, just like wrapping it around your hand you know? mm-hmm. um, and remaining in that Opposed to all these other directions that the world can pull you in, you know, in, in terms of confidence and identity. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. And it makes me think of, um, it makes me think of a, a chapter in, in the book of Matthew 
where <laughs> it's so interesting the way that this happened. And I, I, I hadn't ever realized it before, but it's the portion where, um, John the Baptist is in jail and he sends one of his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one we've been waiting for or should we be expecting someone else? So he, he's trying to find out who Jesus is, basically asking, who are you? And, and Jesus sends his disciple back, but not even that part. It's what happens right after that. Right after he sends his disciple back to John, Jesus then starts revealing who John is. So John is trying to find out who Jesus is. And Jesus, in turn, reveals who John the Baptist is. And he's, he's affirming John. So beautiful. He's literally affirming John. Like, John is a prophet, but he's not just a prophet. He's the one who was, who was prophesied to come to lead the way for me. Like, he's, he's literally affirming and building up John, you know? And he's doing that in response to John seeking who Jesus is. And that's, and I literally wrote in the side of my Bible on that point. It was like, seek him, find you. It was something like that. Cause I put it down as like an idea for, for like a message or something like that. But I was just like, so taken aback when I read that, like, my goodness, that's, that's really the case. When you put your focus on finding out who Jesus is in showing you himself, he's also showing you, you, because again, like you said, one of the one of the main things on this Christian walk is to become more like Jesus. And he's, he's going to show you who he says you are, not who you feel like you are right now. Cause a lot of times who he shows us who we are, I'm like that, that ain't me. <laughs> you you got the wrong person. You, I know you got a lot of people on your hands, but, <laughs> and it's like, before I even get there, that's who he calls me, regardless of how mm. far I am from that point. That's who he calls me. It's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, lo- uh, I love the story of, of John the Baptist because we were literally just talking about this. Last week, my pastor actually was preaching a sermon from that same text. Mm-hmm. Um, but just put it into context, guys. John was literally in prison, right? So he was literally questioning like... And I'm in jail. Like, are, like, are you really the Messiah? Like, <laughs> I need to know. Now, just imagine if John's confidence and his identity strictly lied within his status, right? Mm-hmm. Him being a known, you know, a known prophet and people listening to him and actually respecting what he had to say, right? Him being in jail. And then, um, unfortunately, John would later go ahead to, you know, go be beheaded. But um, just imagine if that was the case. Like, I'm sure the minute he was put in jail, it'd be like, oh, it's a rat. Right. Hang it up. I'm <laughs> nobody now. I got thrown in jail. People definitely ain't going to listen to me now. I'm in jail. <laughs> All credibility out the window. Definitely. And I wanted to give, because, you know, we... Me and Char, we've we've said it before. We uh we don't always remember the exact chapters and verses that they came from. So I just went to my little handy dandy Bible app because <laughs> mm-hmm. I wanted to give you this specific section to reference. So this is Matthew chapter eleven, mm. and that's from verses one to about one to fifteen. But yeah, it's just it's so beautiful that even the things that we know we shouldn't place our identity in, Jesus still 
he still gives he still gives um recognition to that thing like yes what you're doing is important we're not saying that it's not just that you shouldn't place your identity in it because he still does he still does recognize john for the fact that he's a prophet and then he says and he says he's a prophet but i tell you more than a prophet for about him it's written like he's he's affirming he's affirming him but he's also giving recognition to to the fact that john is a prophet um does that make sense with what i'm saying because i know we said don't place your identity in and what it is that you do but that also doesn't mean to to make less of it either there's there's a balance there like what you're doing is important just because we're saying don't place your identity and it doesn't mean it doesn't hold weight or value you know yeah and and basically so something can be important to you without I guess if it were taken away, destroying you. Exactly. And and I hate to say it, but it it's hard to imagine, but it serves true even for the people in our lives too, our loved ones. It's painful. Yes, like losing someone is painful. But you know, us being believers, if you lose someone, there is hope. We you know, and if they are a believer as well, we know that w- where they are, you know? So there's there's some hope in there, but obviously losing them it can be painful. But we're not to place our confidence in, in our human relationships either. Right. And that's a hard one. Mm-hmm. Like, I love my stinker, but, you know, the first commandment is, you know, is clear. I am the Lord your God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That includes your family. Your children, your spouse, mother, father. Yeah. And it's such a hard truth. Mm. It's a very hard truth to to come to terms with. But I feel like with that and I haven't I haven't experienced losing someone close to me. So I I tread very lightly here. I can only hope that at a tragic time like that. My love would be so great for that person as well. And my trust in God would be so great that I know that that person is far better off with God than they are on this earth. That doesn't take away from how tragic their, their passing may have been. It may, it doesn't take away from what they may have suffered. Mm-hmm. But I and again, I haven't experienced this, so I could only hope that I'd be able to stand firm in this in experiencing losing a loved one. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I could I could only hope and pray that my my foundation and and God would be strong enough to where yes, this hurts, yes, this sucks, yes, I would love to have this person here with me, but. They are so much better off in God's hands. So much better than they could ever be here on earth with us. Yes. And, and y'all, with, with that confidence that no man could bring you, with that confidence that Jesus Christ can bring you, there comes trust, right? We can trust that, you know, his promises will be fulfilled. You know, he promises that he will comfort those that grieve, Mm -hmm. those that are suffering. He promises that, you know, he will be there. He'll mend broken hearts. 
Yeah, so I would say there's so much value in 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 placing all of you in God. Not just trusting him for for your validation and for your confidence, but literally trusting him in in every aspect of your life. Um mm. cuz I know we uh I'm not really sure how we got to to this topic, but I was just about to say <laughs> this kind of took like a detour. It's supposed to be about confidence and identity, but it somehow has changed into like a conglomerate of like trust and something else. I'm yeah. not really sure. It's still as confidence though, you know, it's confidence in in who God is, it's confidence in his sovereignty and knowing that mm-hmm. God has this person. But God ultimately has- com- confidence is trust. So mm-hmm. the two go hand in hand. They definitely do. They definitely do. So let's switch gears a little bit here. Um, Just a little bit. <laughs> it's a hard shift, but we're going to make it happen. <laughs> so, Shar, if you could talk a little bit about, because we started the episode talking about the ways in which we might look at others um, mm. and, you know, that affecting how we how we view ourselves, how we view where we're at in life and things mm. like that. So um, what are some of the things that you've been insecure about and then how did you get out of that what did putting that in god's hands look like for you well for starters i've always had and um sometimes it still creeps up on me this feeling that i have to prove myself Mm -hmm. especially you know anybody who's been in school anyone who's i guess you want to call an overachiever Mm mm-hmm and then you kind of get to college. So say if you're an overachiever in high school and you get to college and everybody's an overachiever. Right. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's go time. It's competition time. Yeah. And it's win it. Oh, nothing. Go hard or go home. That whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> you feel this great sense of pride in what you do. And till you find someone you feel like has done it better or is better than so a lot of my insecurities lied and at times still do lie in that feeling of not feeling good enough. Like no matter what you do, it's like, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. And that's why too, um, if you ask my fiance, he'll tell you that sometimes I owe or any of my friends and family, I overexert myself and I just, um, pour out all of my energy i'm running on e a lot of the times just Mm -hmm. to prove to i don't know myself others right that i am good enough um i can do it whatever the it is Mm -hmm. whether it's writing something and doing this at the same time but yeah seeing other people do well played into that a lot that played a huge role actually in that so obviously, if I had nobody to compare myself to, I just think I was doing a doggone thing. Um, and not to say that you shouldn't use others as a source of motivation. Mm-hmm. But like when you dwell on it to a point where it's taking a toll on you mentally and you're just like, well, I'll never be as good as them. And look at all the things they've done. I've learned to just take any project that I take on, anything that I want to do. I've learned to question, okay, Charlize, why do you want to do this? Mm-hmm. Are you doing this to say, look, world, look what I've done? 
Are you doing this because you saw someone else do it and you think you could do it also? Or are you doing this genuinely because you have the desire to, you've prayed on it, you've consulted the Lord, and the Lord's given you the go-ahead? Because mm-hmm. literally, that's where I'm at now. Like I said, at times I do, you know, find myself in that place just like, oh, Lord, they're doing so great in life. But then I, I pull myself out of it real quick. Because now I'm more aware of it. And I acknowledge that that's something that I'm susceptible to. Mm-hmm. And I have to pull myself out of it. Because otherwise, I'll um I'll fall into this rabbit hole. And I'll get really depressed. Kind of get into self-loathing and all that. And it's not a good, it's not a good setup, you guys. So, um yeah. I say all that to say, like, ask yourself why you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Right? Is this something that you want to do? Or something that... You want to do to prove to people that you can do it. Because when you're in the Lord, you don't have to prove yourself to people. You don't have to answer to other people. You don't need other people to tell you that you're good enough. You are. The Lord tells us that we're good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's goodness. So many things. So many things I needed to touch on. But yeah, definitely. And that is such a good indicator. If you have something to prove you're probably not doing it for the best reasons. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, I can't say it definitively, but um, there was something that you mentioned where you talked about how, you know, like going to college or like in high school, you're an overachiever, but then you get to college and it was like everyone you were around were overachievers, right? And how you felt like you were the best at something until you saw someone who can do it better. And it made me think like there's, there's always someone who can do it better. <laughs> there's Always. Mm -hmm. There's always someone who can do it better. What's great about when God calls you, he does not go pick out the person who can do it best. Because then why would they need him? Why would they rely on him? (laughs) You know, people talk about a lot how God picks, I guess, quote unquote, the, the underdog, for lack of a better word. He doesn't pick those who are what we would consider the best of the best. And sometimes when God calls us for certain things, we can think of at least five other people who could have been better at this. Like, well, well, God, why didn't you want them? You know? And I would do that at work all the time. I'd get chosen to to speak at a workshop or something like that. And I'm like, but this person has so much more personality than I do. This person is so is so much of a better facilitator than I am. This person has so much better energy than I do. And I'm always I would always, uh, I had to change that because I don't, I don't do it anymore, but I would always think of someone who could do it better. And what I've learned to find peace in is that if God called me to this, it's not going to be me doing this. It's going to be him doing it through me. And it's, Mm. it's something, yeah, it's something great that you can, that you can rest in. And, you know, we all know the, um, we all know the scriptures that say like his strength is perfected in our weakness and all of that. But when I think about this call that he's given me to, to teach and how, how I've found so much peace with it, whereas opposed to a year or two ago, it would have more than terrified me. It probably would have paralyzed me. But when you realize how God works, when you realize how he moves, there's a peace that comes with it where it's like, I don't at all think I'm qualified to teach. And it's because I'm not. He's going to qualify me. And not only is he's, is he going to do that, he's going to be speaking through me. 
when y'all hear amazing things come out of my mouth, I promise you that wasn't me. <laughs> Every gem you've heard, <laughs> Every little nugget of wisdom or gem that you've heard on this podcast, I cannot take any credit for these things. These are things that the Holy Spirit is speaking through me. These are things that I've learned in the word that he has illuminated to me. I can't take credit for any of these things. And so when it comes to, this is this is a smaller platform, but when it comes to whatever other platform he's going to take me to or however else he's going to use me, I know that it's him doing it through me. And it's a beautiful thing. When he tells us what we're going to do, it's like, or when he calls us for something, it's like, well, God, I can't do that. I know that. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) You know, so every call that you get, just remember, it's not going to be you out there doing it. It's going to be the Holy Spirit doing it through you. And that's something to find peace in. You don't have to worry about your qualifications, your, your abilities or anything like that. He knew who you were. He knew where you were. He knew what you were capable of. And all of that, when he called you, he chose you, you know? And I'm, listen, I'm talking to myself here too. Mm. I wish that we would find comfort and peace in that. And I'm learning to do that. He called me. He chose, he could have, he could have called anyone. He called me, you know? So I think that's something to find peace in. And it's also a reason not to compare yourself to anyone either. Because he calls each of us for something specific. The fact that he calls each one of us also makes none of us special, you know? <laughs> it's like, oh, it's something that um, Essence Atkins said. I knew I heard that somewhere. She said, we're all special. And because we're all special, we're all not. <laughs> does that make sense? Actually, it really does. It's- it really does. And it's such a gratifying feeling, too, just to know that Something that you yourself don't think that you're capable of. The Lord says, no, it's okay. You are. It's like, are you sure? But why? Mm -hmm. One point that I did want to make, though, was the simple fact that I I loved how you said you can't take credit for anything that you say. And I think a lot of times we get kind of big headed. Right. And we're um. I'm speaking for myself, y'all. I get big-headed all the time. Me too. I'll be the first to call myself a know-it-all. <laughs> we try to take credit for, you know, we get a little bit of confidence that the Lord has given us, and then we try to take credit, and it turns into arrogance, right? Never, never, ever in your life <laughs> confuse, you know, the confidence the Lord has given you. For your own abilities, right? Mm-hmm. And don't let it turn to arrogance. Don't. That's a that's a and that was a very clear warning that he gave me too with with this gift after revealing that teaching is how he's going to use me. I was reading Haggai, and I think it was my first time ever reading Haggai. And all throughout it, he says multiple times. I feel like he says like four or five times. And Haggai is very short so for the same phrase to be said like four or five times throughout y'all know i pay attention to stuff like that i've i've talked about this before but it kept saying give careful thought to your ways over and over again he says give careful thoughts to your ways give careful thoughts to your ways and it was at a time that he was also teaching me to (laughs) 
to shut up. <laughs> Not like that. Um, he was teaching me that I don't always have to have something to say. You know, no. facts. It's real. Every yes. every comment response doesn't require a rebuttal. Literally, the Lord said that to me one time. I was sitting in a Bible study. I swear, like, I'm sorry. I hate to interrupt. No, no, no. You. Go I'm ahead, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I had to say it. But um, I was sitting in Bible study maybe like three years ago. I was still um, in my undergrad years, and usually I'm pretty interactive at Bible studies. But I was this whole Bible study. I was silent. And I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything at all because I'm just like, something's telling me to just be quiet and hush my mouth. And I don't know why, but it's like, I was not able to actually get the words that I want to say out. Cause I'm just like, why am I getting this feeling? I should just shut up. And like, right when I went to open my mouth, literally it was like, you know, you don't always have to say something in response. Like, I swear it wasn't me saying it because I would never say that to myself. Mm -hmm. I have something to say. Not to sound like that person, but if I have something to say, Ayana knows it. I'm going to say it. And that's something that the Lord has been working on in me. But that's really, really when that idea or that common theme for, I guess, that area of my life that the Lord wanted to work out in me, that's really when it started at that moment. The Lord told me, like, you know, not everything. I feel like it's the Holy Spirit talking to me. Not everything needs to be met with a rebuttal. And I'm just like, <laughs> so what you saying like i'm argumentative <laughs> yeah i would say mine was from a different perspective i guess i would say i have i had an issue with feeling like i needed to always have something really profound to say something really profound to add to a conversation especially spiritual conversations and so that was where he was teaching me you don't always have to say something you can just listen a lot of times you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah and i have seriously yeah so it was like i sometimes had an issue of like just wanting to 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 add something and then I would like regurgitate something that I'd heard another pastor say, not fully understanding it, but just wanting to have something to add to the conversation, which sometimes does more damage than it does good. And so he was teaching me, not just in Haggai, because Haggai, I kept saying, give careful thoughts to your ways, give careful thoughts to your ways. And it was within this time of me learning that I needed to, to sometimes just listen, not always say things, especially things that I'm not knowledgeable on, especially things that the Holy Spirit hasn't been teaching me myself, you know, not just something that I heard a pastor say. And I believe it was in Timothy, it talked about not being knowledgeable on the very things that you preach or not being knowledgeable on the very things that you proclaim. And that in turn causing confusion or causing strife, is strife the word? But unnecessary, unnecessary debate that takes away from the focus of what the conversation needed to be, the focus of, of the message that was supposed to come through. Because you said something that you weren't knowledgeable on and now all the focus is placed on that. Does that make sense? No, that makes perfect sense. I actually had to just pull it up because James 3 tells us, you know, to mind our tongues, right? It says men have been able to tame many things, but they're still unable to tame their tongues. Mm -hmm. And um, gosh, it's so relevant because I could definitely relate to that. This is why, listen, y'all, this is why me and Ayanna are good friends, because I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> feeling like I just have to say something smart. And again, it goes back to that feeling of having to prove myself. Mm -hmm. Like, and then like, 
<laughs> You'll say it right. And then the minute you say it right, you don't get the response that you were looking for. Or <laughs> no, I've had that happen. Get. And then you're super embarrassed. Mm-hmm. All confidence goes out the window. And then those old insecurities literally flood back in that one moment. You're just like so insecure. You literally just want to ball yourself up, maybe lay under the t- under a table or something and just die. Like <laughs> that's how embarrassed you are. And I've had those moments. Oh, listen, I've had those moments literally called Ayana many times crying. Like I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I said this. I, I'm just so stupid. Da-da-da-da. And she's like, what happened? I'm like, I don't want to tell you. And it literally probably, if someone heard it, it wouldn't be like that bad. But just knowing the mistake you met, like in that instance, when it happens, you immediately know, like it was at that moment. <laughs> Where the Lord was like, don't do it. Don't. And you know what's crazy? The whole time that you're, you're just like waiting for everyone to stop talking because you're like, oh, I got this great thing to add. And you just, you're almost getting anxious. Like, come on, I want to say this. I want to say this. I got something good to add. And then you finally get to say it. And it's like, you really shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> yeah. But there's always an exit. Like, there's always a hesitate. Like, I feel like for me, it's always like, I really, really want to say this. But there's always somewhere within me that tug. It's like, just let it go. Yeah. Say it. Yeah. And I'm like, no, but I got to say this. Like, it was, it's a really good point. And I put the words together real nice in my head, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's going to sound real nice when it come out. Like, it's like one of those moments where it's like, that doesn't sound as good as I thought it was. Yeah. I just had to say that. It's just. No, yeah, definitely. And the part that I was talking about from Timothy, it's in First Timothy. It starts at verse 4. And it says, such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work. Mm. And then jumping down to verse seven, it says, they want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they so confidently affirm. And girl, it reminds me of the religion versus relationship episode. And y'all didn't hear this because Holy Spirit checked me and I cut that part right on out of the episode. But I said something that was actually Mm. incorrect. and. I had heard it said by so many different pastors, ministers, and things like that. I've heard it said by so many Christians. Mm. And I didn't ever check for myself whether it was explicitly said in the Bible. So rather, it was an interpretation. But I stated it in the episode, prefacing it by saying the Bible clearly states, when in fact, the Bible did not clearly state. Mm. And it was a moment I was editing the episode and I had to, I had to cut out a very, not a very big chunk, but I had to cut out a sizable chunk of the episode. And it's another beautiful thing about how God prepares you for what he's calling you to, because when he does have me teaching, when he does have me standing in front of people, I won't have the luxury to go back and edit, you know? Yeah. Once I've said it, it's out there. You know, once it left my lips, it's in their ears and there's nothing I can do about that. Mm-hmm. So teaching me yet again, give careful thought to your ways. I need to be in the word. I need to be making sure that I'm learning from Holy Spirit, not just going off of what I'm learning from other pastors and things like that, which yes, of course they teach us things, but also you need to have your own knowledge and learning and yeah. all of that to stand on as well. mm. mm. The part in Timothy that talks about 
some of the things that you say could lead to controversy opposed to propelling, I guess, the word of God mm-hmm. or the things of God. And it kind of reels everything back into confidence, right? Having confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And not in or not in the feeling that you have to be smarter than other people. You'll learn that you don't have to argue with people. You don't have to say anything. You know where your faith and your confidence lies. So you won't have to feel like you have to defend. Mm. And I think Timothy does a great job of showing us what could potentially happen when we do try to argue or we do feel like we have something to prove. Mm-hmm. Do more harm than good, as Ayana said. Yeah. So as for that quick cute question, where does your confidence lie? Ponder on that, guys. How do you answer that question? Where does your confidence lie? Yeah. I'll tell you my lies in Jesus Christ. Mostly because That's the only thing that I can depend on time after time. When my education fails, when my fancy words and sentences fail. Yeah. My job fails. My family fails. The Lord never fails us. Yeah. And I would say the same. And it wavers. I'm not even going to lie to you. There are times where I'm really firmly rooted in God and, and, and who he says I am. And then sometimes I I get distracted and I choose to put my focus on those things rather than bringing them back to God. So I'm I'm still navigating this, y'all. What I have now though is is a beautiful vision of of who he calls me. This beautiful vision that I get to hold on to. And I mentioned earlier in the episode that sometimes a lot of my confidence was placed in how other people perceive me. And that's something that I still sometimes struggle with currently. But now with how he revealed to me how he sees me, I don't even see myself that way yet. The other people don't see me that way yet. Mm-hmm. But it's beautiful to know that because now I have no one else to look to for validation but him. Mm-hmm. You know, because I know that no one can see us more beautifully than he can. Mm -hmm. You know, whether we want to admit it or not, we factor in people's flaws. We factor in their mistakes and we allow that to, we allow that to play a factor in how we see people. Jesus is literally the only person who can see us for who we truly are. And once you realize that, I can't possibly look anywhere else (laughs) for my validation. I couldn't possibly. So I only hope that you all would seek him too. Because in seeking him, that's that's when he's really going to show you who you are. The Lord identifies, you know, establishes identity based on your heart. That your heart is what manifests on the outside. Yeah. So we really, really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please connect with us on Instagram. We really want to continue these conversations with you outside of the episode. So please don't hesitate to comment, to send us a message. There's also a link to send in a voice message attached to each episode if that's something you're interested in doing. But we would love to hear from you all and hear about how it's impacting you thus far. But other than that, again, we're glad that you stuck with us and came back for yet another episode. And we will see y'all next time. Do your peace thing. Peace. Ha, 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 ha.